This is Island Waves. And you're listening to Inside the 46th Parallel. This is Island Waves, and you're listening to Inside the 46th Parallel. Today's feature guest is artist Anastasia Weeb, fresh off the production of The Nutcracker at Rebecca Cohn Auditorium at Dalhousie in Halifax. Good day to you, Anastasia. How's it going? Today is going well so far. It's uh, a little bit cloudy here in Halifax right now, but overall, it's really nice. But you have just had a successful run uh, at the Rebecca Cohn Auditorium of a production that was a collaboration of the Halifax Dance Company, which comprised many dance companies from the Halifax area, which was incredible. I mean, I was looking down the list. It's amazing uh, how many companies you people incorporated, which is wonderful. What an opportunity here, right? Absolutely. In the Atlanta, Canada region. Who would have thought? And the Mermaid Theater uh, from Windsor. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mermaid Theater, I remember hearing, and maybe I'm wrong, but isn't that the oldest uh, theater in production company in Atlanta, Canada? Or is that something else? I actually can't confirm or deny that uh, fact, but based on their location, I would probably lean at saying yes you are right on, uh, on that yeah i'm trying to i'm looking through the uh the program uh and again i i could be wrong here but yeah they were founded in 1972 yeah. uh with doing different uh, innovative adaptations of children's literature uh yeah. they've uh, entertained five and a half million young people on four continents uh, they've traveled all over the world performing they're still they're still headquartered in little old windsor nova scotia Yep. I love that town. Uh, the the I, downtown core is just fantastic. Oh, yes. I, I've dropped into their theater a few times just to visit with Jim Morrow, the, the um, artistic director from Mermaid. And it is so lovely just to, to visit the town, grab a coffee, and just a beautiful space all in all. And wonderful energy as well with all of the the artists there. My experience as well. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did visit there uh, and found that same, you know, the architecture, the stone architecture downtown. And I too went to Tim's for the coffee. I think that's the only place <laughs> to have coffee. And then you could sit in the park. And the yeah. second time I went there, I had my grandson with me who was, um, well, he's our oldest, but he was, I, he was maybe four or five at the time. And we walked yeah. around and uh, there was a movie being shot, uh, one of the Hallmark movies. Oh, so nice. we had fun with that. And then again, wound up at Tim's. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I've always uh, been very attracted. And then uh, to the uh, Mermaid Theater and their history. And then uh, at some point, they also uh, developed the Institute of Puppetry Arts, which mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, the gentleman you refer to, Jim, yeah. Jim Morrow, I believe yeah. he's the director of that as well yeah. and then they have that beautiful facility so yeah and then the of course symphony nova scotia uh yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. It, it's kind of 
insane with this production. There's just, you know, as young dancers, I'm on the dance side of things mainly, but one of my first experiences with the symphony was when I was on stage performing with the Nutcracker. And yeah. You you performed as Clara, didn't you? I actually did. So with my roles this year, I... I performed in the show when I was a younger dancer and I was a shepherdess. I was a snowmaid. I was a dorm girl. Um, but this year my roles are very different. I was the production director and understudy for Clara understudy for the Prince. And I rehearsed the kids all fall. So I didn't perform on stage this year, but, um, with COVID and everything, they, I do, I am a professional dancer. So with COVID, they wanted to cover all of our bases just in case people got sick, flights got delayed, whatever the what if possibilities could yeah. happen. So yeah, yeah. But performing on stage with the symphony is a, a magical experience for young dancers. It's just not something that there's no other opportunities to really do None. such a grand performance so that's one of my fondest memories growing up dancing and was one of the reasons I chose to dance to this day because it was just such a professional production for such a young age and it really demonstrated what the field of dance could be and what you could go into so it just opened all my eyes basically to all of the possibilities. So while I wasn't on stage this year, I was I was understudying and taking on a lot of things. Anastasia, quite frankly, I watched you behind stage for a little bit when we briefly <laughs> met and I, I yeah. know about wearing different hats and yep. your head was heavy and your shoulders were heavy. So where yep. you would have also fit in, and I, I know your heart's desire was to be on that stage and dance and quite oh. frankly, maybe in between when the audience was dark you did uh, or at least showed them maybe something to do so it's there you know it's there uh, but how you would have been had how you would have had that energy to perform as well is I I think it's pushing it it would have been a a way different energy for me because the the roles between performing and producing I will say this is my first time producing i've self-produced some of my you own did. Dance you did i was looking at yeah. your pedigree here you yeah. uh you did uh correct me if i'm wrong if i'm in the wrong spot here but didn't you do parallel paths and yeah uh yeah. and you're with nostos collectives yeah i am uh, and uh you're you're doing a piece i, I saw that you're <laughs> i was fascinated that your bachelor's in, is in psychology yeah. uh, and that you believe on integrating psychology principles into your uh, creativity and your teaching uh, yeah. practices and making that marriage uh, with the arts, which is incredible. So uh, I'm not I'm not a person that will ever corner somebody for age, but I could see that as a young person, you have really, really uh, accomplished so much. I mean, much Thank more you. than some in a lifetime. You know what I feel my best when I'm busy. I um I I really love all of the things that I do and every like I don't like to choose at all. I really <laughs> hate when I feel backed into a oh, corner and have to yes. choose. And, and and when you have to choose, don't you always feel like I'm making the wrong choice? <laughs> yeah. So I just want like I have that mentality of yes and like yes, yes. I want to do this and I'm going to do this. Like, oh yes. Even, just with all of it, you know, producing this year, 
I, I've done smaller productions, but I've never done anything to this scale, but I've been in the production as a dancer and I've, I've, I've produced smaller levels of things and I, I know what it takes for the young dancers. So I was really, my main goal this year was to make sure that they were uplifted and they felt seen and supported throughout the whole, the whole season. And, you know, I, I tried to give them what I would have wanted or what I might have needed in, in those moments or when I am performing. And I, I really do feel like that made a big difference in how the kids left the theater on our with a good experience for the last performance yeah i I received so many hugs and so many cards and so much chocolate and you know they they just had nothing but wonderful words to say about and that's the reward the takeaway um yeah from the audience side of things uh everything that you just explained of how you what your philosophies are and how you managed it and how you directed it came across as a as a as a consumer sitting in the seat watching um that definitely came across the performers i was trying to after a while i lost sight of it because i didn't want to lose my focus you know how old are these kids i mean what is the average age or what is their age range um there weren't too many adults in it no no there weren't um so between uh, you know i would I kept making this joke that I was managing people's emotions between the ages of nine and 70. Oh, yes. So <laughs> it's a, it is a wide range. And I, I didn't get to interact with the symphony so much. Like I was very much in contact Focused. with the performers right. and uh, what was going on backstage, less so what was in the pit. But the youngest dancer was nine and the oldest dancer or performer was in their 70s. So it was quite the range. But you're right, there's not many adult performers. But the ones that we do have, um, Gay Hauser um, and Christopher Christopher Wolf, uh, that was their last year. And they had both been performing in the show for 30 years, which this year was our 30th anniversary. It was with the two year hiatus because of COVID. So this was the big one. Everybody was just, I think that partly accounted for their enthusiasm. I said to a colleague after we were through, because I think it was at intermission and we were, you know, I mean, they were just in awe about um, the exhaustiveness of the performers uh, and 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 their performance, and I said um, they have a show at seven o'clock as well. Yeah. <laughs> now I wasn't sure, and I didn't go on to say, and it'll be the same, Clara, because I wasn't sure. A lot of times, yeah. productions will okay. do that; they'll put a different uh, performer in, or you know, yeah. uh, the the understudy. Uh, and <laughs> I think it was a little too much for them to comprehend because they couldn't. I mean, yeah. what a workout and and exhausting. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could see it. It, it was just yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, I want to circle back around to the adaptation, but I, w- I just want to make the statement that I have seen many performances. The Nutcracker, I think, is my personal favorite, and so I'm very biased about Thank it. You. In fact, I, I did a, a show uh, for the Nutcracker spotlighting uh, Tchaikovsky because um, I love the music. Uh, yeah. My own daughters have performed mm-hmm. in it as children. 
Yeah. Uh, I can't quite get the grandkids to push for ballet and all that, but uh, uh, that's okay. Sometimes it skips a generation. Uh, yeah. But I, as a as a uh, an art uh, lover and lover mm-hmm. of performances and the Nutcracker, I was blown away. Thank I was you. just blown away. Um, the excellence of the dancers, the puppetry yeah. arts, which uh, I'm going to go on a limb here. You had to coordinate that in. So luckily this performance has been done many times over many years. So we, we remount it every year. Okay. So the original choreography by Lisa Hardy, who is my teacher, mentor, and very close friend, she was the one that choreographed and created the base of the dance. Jim was involved in puppetry and integration, and there was many other designers that were a part of all of it to bring it together. But the choreography, for the most part, you know, with a few minor tweaks here and there, is the same as it's been for 30 years with minor updates. So I we get the footage from the year before and then we sit down and we we have our laptops and we start to remount it. So I'm lucky enough that I was working so closely with Lisa uh, and she she knows that production like the back of her mm-hmm. hand because she choreographed it. Sure. So every single detail is so ingrained in her. And so when we're remounting and integrating the puppetry back in, we actually get Jim to come in to help the dancers learn how to bring the puppets to life. So there's one-on-one rehearsals with Jim um, and dancers for things like Spirit of Winter right. or the um, the snake section, you know. Or the we, Russian uh, dance, yes. Yes, uh-huh. actually, he has been... Uh, uh, relocated. He is from Ukraine now, and his name oh. is Sasha. We did some updates okay. this year. Yes. Yeah, we... Okay. All right. Yeah. He's been updated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. very good. Did yeah. not know that. Was that pointed out? It was in the program. Okay. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Good we didn't know. want to. Great. Yeah. 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 So. Well, it's those little statements that yeah. count, right? Exactly. A lot of times people say, don't cross, do what you do, you know, don't cross politics into what you do. Yeah. But it is. Uh, if you can't make a statement every once in a while, oh, and when absolutely. you can do it so subtly, it's just yeah. even more, it just means more. Exactly. You know, we didn't want to draw too, like we wanted it to be, we wanted it to be changed. And we want, we really considered, the whole team considered how we were going to do that. But I think this way was the best way for us to move forward because we all were very passionate about our stance on things um, globally. And I don't really want to get into politics too much. No, no, no. And uh, and respectfully so, yeah. And what was, like I said, I think what was really nice, the take was that it was so subtle that it wasn't in your face. It wasn't aggressive. It was charming and appropriate. And I did not pick up on it until you mentioned it, but I'm sure that I might have, I was paying attention to so many things and I think (laughs) part of it, I was trying to pay attention so I could ask the right questions in our interview. But also, you know, when you're sitting in that audience seat, for me, it just consumes me. I, I, I told the rest of them, I said, you know, I might have, you might see tears coming down my eyes. I don't know. I oh, get yeah. very, it, very affected. Oh, yeah. It goes right to the heart. It's so beautiful. And you're lucky you weren't there for the last performance because I'm sure it's a very emotional day that you were there on 
on one of the closing days. So yes. it was um, a very emotional day for a lot of the dancers backstage, whether that's dancers graduating, whether that's um, the adults who are having their final show for the right. Like they're they're walking away from these roles that don't know any other actor or or mover in that position. So. You know, it was if you had been at the the later show, you might have seen the the wings were lined with the dancers, okay. tearing Just up, tearing. graduating yeah. dancers. Sure. They were so sure. emotional watching the pas de deux. That's that's the one. The final pas de deux is is really what gets everyone oh absolutely uh, and just you could see the tears streaming down even in the final bow we were making jokes after backstage like this audience probably thinks that we are all nuts because mm -hmm. everyone on that stage was had a tear coming down their eye and it was you know it, that's how moving it is to both it's not just the audience that feels that emotion it's the performers it's it's such a special bond and energy that we create backstage for this particular show that I just don't know if I've experienced that anywhere else in my career. Isn't that wonderful? And, yeah. you know, I think the audience does share that. I don't think they think, yeah. oh, those performers are, no. you know, <laughs> oh, 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 you know, no, I think they're sharing in it. And, you know, I mean, I don't know yeah. if it's a woman thing or, or just a person thing, yeah. but, you know, when you're so filled and for me, when it gets inside of me, it just, it's the beauty. It's just like your, your senses just explode. So yeah. when you're seeing that reciprocally by the performers on stage, because they're going on to other things or, or just the general sadness of it being the last performance. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. even, you know, finally for them in their life, but just that last run. There's yep. something. And so I think, I mean, I regret that I couldn't have been there because no, I think there was many not, I think there were not many dry eyes, uh, dry no. eyes in the audience. No. And you know what? That emotion transferred over even on opening night. I know one of the dancers had a list in her phone she was keeping of each time she she cried and it wasn't bad cries but yes. anytime she cried during the yes. run but even we had a few ukrainian refugees in the in the show okay. dancing and you know opening night hit and it was they were they were crying i was sure. like what's going on why it's opening night we're yes. we're excited it's the beginning and they you know said to me well this is my last first performance here and it just spoke to how meaningful this piece and production can be because it just brings everyone together. And they were so thrilled that their first performance in Canada was the Nutcracker right. and was this work. And I, I stood with them in the wings and they watched most of the first act from the wings almost every single show because they just wanted to take it all in. So, you know, from opening to closing night we start rehearsing in september well that for... was my next question yeah how yeah. long are rehearsals so from beginning of september yeah we have our auditions happen in april may usually um and then we work at the casting all summer lisa does the casting and um i send out all the emails accepting and then we work on you know who is going to be in what roles and so by the time we hit the ground in September we are running like there is so much to do every week matters because we need to get it all done in a very timely manner and then we have our first stage rehearsal in November 
And then after that November rehearsal, we returned to the theater. I was standing in for Clara and the Prince throughout the fall. However, they don't arrive. They didn't arrive. Uh, Clara Gio, she was from uh, she's from Brazil originally, but she was living in the UK, still is. Uh, and Caio came from Brazil as well. So they flew in around the 25th, and we only started rehearsals with them on November 25th. Oh my! Yep. And yeah. then, but I so was, and, I was, and they 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 were able to pick up and just go with oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Gio had done the performance before. That's why you know, as much as I could and I would love to do the role. You know, my job for this one was producing, and it just so happened that I I could happily understudy both Both of the principal roles. So, you know, that allowed me to be in the theater or in the studio with the dancers. Like, I performed dorm, and I was was the prince in battle while they were rehearsing just so that they had those bodies in the space. Of course. Yeah. To be able to work with. So then when the principals came, they wouldn't be shocked about where Clara and the Prince fit into the production. So, yeah. Yeah, you need a little bit of real time so that they can relate to it when they're on stage. So now uh, I'm going to go back with that. uh, Oh, so it says guests of the Halifax Dance uh, Young Company are from the following local studios, and they name about uh, maybe about eight or ten of them. So does each studio send a contender during the – audition process and then from there they're picked and selected and then how do you coordinate that because obviously you've got all these different dance studios all over nova scotia maritime conservatory the maritime dance uh stars of tomorrow coastal dance so how do they how do you get them how do you get them to coordinate and get (laughs) you know get to halifax in addition to i'm sure some of them are students and they you know and students in dance yeah. Um, so how that that's a daunting task. Well, all of the young dancers that audition for us are our students, you know. For the most part, we do have a few dancers who returned. Our Spanish dancer returned and she was in university or no, she wasn't in university. She was taking a gap year this year. So we do have some returning dancers that if they're around and available, they will join, but every young dancer in the cast are students and they are school-aged kids and teenagers, but we put out an audition call. Uh, Usually we look at when the different dance recitals are. We try and plan it around there being dancer availability. Like we don't want to schedule it the same weekend as another student's um, recital. So We always make sure that we look at those dates, but it's an open call to anyone from any dance studio to come and join us. Um, They just have to be available to make it to the rehearsals uh, twice a week from September to December. uh, And that is, that's the main thing. And those are, those rehearsals are in Halifax. So it is slightly limited, but it's not, we're not opposed to dancers from outside of HRM coming in, but we do encourage, you know, any dancer from any studio to audition. And there's no limit to how many dancers from each studio can audition. It's just simply show up, audition, and we look at the talent that's in front of us and try to plan the cast accordingly. Lisa, um, 
she was my dance teacher growing up and she she sits with the sits with me on the panel and she's the choreographer so she has lots of thoughts and opinions on on all of the things and mainly the casting comes the final say comes down to her but you know we want to see as many dancers from as many schools as we can because it it really does bring bring together a community you meet so many friends when you're in the production that you wouldn't have known if you didn't do this work together absolutely and and it encourages them to do something beyond their local level it's it is such an incredible opportunity um do you ever have any issues with not like say someone not making is it the typical audition process where everybody's included or some people don't make the cut how does that Um, work so you know there are cuts there's only so many roles and you know this year we did have a a fairly large cast wasn't it about 80 dancers uh no 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 there was um there was about 40 to 50 with the, the entire cast. Okay. So it was, okay. you know, that's what, that's including the adults, right. but normally we sit around 20 to 25 ish dancers, young dancers okay. in the cast. Mm-hmm. And this year we had close to 30 because we, we had that two year hiatus and we really wanted to give as many dancers that opportunity as possible. And so many dancers who go through this production, then go on to have professional careers, you know, myself included, a lot of the local community, uh, dance community here in Halifax, you can see they've gone through the production as, as a child or as a, as a teen. So it is really a vessel to help encourage artists to go into the arts and pursue dance as a career. And even within this run, I had two dancers come up to me and and say, hey, I didn't really think about dancing before. Really? Now I am. After spending time with you all backstage, I I want to dance. Can we get coffee or can we get a tea in the new year and discuss what your thoughts are, what programs are, what What avenues are there for them? What the options are. And so, you know, that at the end of the day is, is really why I want to do this position and I and I enjoyed this position you know yes I I want to be on stage and yes I want to perform but also the psychology aspect that you brought up earlier you know right there's a lot of tools that we have in our brains that we don't utilize and I really want to help encourage dancers to find themselves and to find their voice early on because it is hard it's hard to be confident in choosing to be an artist with so much uncertainty in the world and so much uncertainty within the field. And if you don't know, getting that advice from someone who's lived it or multiple people who've lived it, you know, we had another one of our other understudies for Frida. She was backstage helping me. She's a contemporary dancer from Montreal that is from here. So she flew in for that. So she was also encouraging and inspiring the kids while we were running around backstage. And we didn't, we didn't dance this, this run, but we were so on the ground with the kids and they, you know, they follow us. They, they, they pay attention and they see, and, and you can see that they're being inspired and, and that's ultimately 
what I I want to be able to give back to a production that's given me so much too. Absolutely, Anastasia. And if you think about it, I mean, your joy and your passion and your love is dancing and performing. Mm -hmm. And now you've married that into a projection of yourself that you can get the rewards of giving and moving yeah. that forward or paying it forward, if you will, uh, to a, you know, maybe uh, to, and mentoring, which yeah. is it's a wonderful feeling. Uh, when I work with interns, I, I find it very reciprocal. They look and think what we're giving them, but they don't realize that they're also teaching us at the mm -hmm. same time. And, and then just that the dynamics of working with someone, I think there's no better joy or flattery than someone that wants to pick your brain apart and know what you know or do what you do. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work out. The arts can be a very fickle uh, yeah. friend or not. Uh, it's um, tough industry, but... And, and it is very competitive. And yeah. thank goodness, though, it's moved forward uh, from my generation where people still... Yeah. People did things like put rice or a glass in a oh. dancer's competitive... In a competitive dancer's or perceived competition. <laughs> yeah. And why? Uh, or you had to get on the scale and weigh yourself. Uh, you know, I think yeah. that never leaves you. Um, yeah. But they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness, you know, and yeah. it's uh, it's a whole different ball game. And the fact that people like yourself are willing to share that with yeah. uh, Prodigy or, you know, or yeah. mentor or even give opportunities to um, students uh, that never, as you said earlier, never even expected that they would dance or want to dance or perform. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. Sorry, I just I have lots of thoughts on all that you just said, but you know, it's it's something that I take a lot of pride in the way that I teach and how I I try to lift them up because we we spend a lot of time, you know, people get into dance when they're younger because they love it mm -hmm. and they stick around because they love it. Right. They don't stick around if they don't love it. So I spend a lot of time preaching to my students does it feel good when you dance? Like what, if it feels bad all the time, something is wrong. It right. shouldn't feel bad all the time. And, you know, if they start talking, my students start saying things like, oh, I can't turn at all today or I'm such a, uh, I'm not flexible. And like they start talking badly about themselves sometimes. And I just turn to them and I say, hey, why are you talking about my friend like that? Mm -hmm. Right. And they've started flipping that on me now. And I'm like, you know what? Proud moment. Touché. <laughs> Touché when it comes back, right? right. Some of my own medicine. So, you know, they, they teach me just as much as I hope I encourage them to be empowered to use their voices in a creative way and to, to be kind to themselves because that's what creates compelling dancers on stage when you look at a at someone who is in their pure joy while they're on stage in those lights in their costumes you know those aren't the moments that you are training with every day you know no. those moments yes they're they're why we do it but you don't see the work all the time that's in the studio the the like you said all of the things pressures on your mind and your body, all of those things. So I really do try the to discipline, create, right? Yeah, yeah. The discipline, the focus, the, the intensity, focus, the empathy. Like we, we use 
so much of our own experiences as professionals, especially in the contemporary dance world, to to fuel the art and to be gentle on our mind when we're giving so much of ourselves to a performance or a role is really important too, because if you give too much as well, then you have nothing left at the end of the run and you're exhausted. Right? Amen so to you, that. You are just yeah. completed. Uh, you're depleted. You're completely yeah. depleted. And exactly. there, if you have, if you have nothing to give, then yeah. you feel like you have no self-worth. Absolutely. So and that's not good. And it's cyclical. It's not, it is cyclical. So you got to find ways to not ride the highs and lows of performance. Ah, what is that secret? <laughs> well, I think I, having people like yourself to mentor the young yeah. uh, who may, you know, I find um, there's not always and I speak from experience, there's not always that encouragement from your family, maybe. Some people yeah. do encourage and do nurture, but some families yeah. don't. Uh, yeah. You know, typically you might hear, oh, yeah, that's fun. Have fun with it, but get a real real job, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and we live in Atlantic Canada, so yeah. that expectation is, uh, well, they set the bar where they wished. That is yeah. comfortable for yeah. for them. And that's projected sometimes on young people. Yeah. And I find um, that young people, one of my one of my favorite things to do is to watch children dance, uh, toddlers even. Uh, if yeah. you get them in a dance class, and you know you can still get them to to move their feet the right way, but mm -hmm. you put the music on and you just watch them tune into the beat of the music, and they're just dancing unbridled. Uh, oh yeah, you know, like kind of the originator of dance, like nobody's watching. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful experience, and Absolutely. when that gets harnessed, sometimes it suppresses that joy. Mm -hmm. um, sitting in your audience on uh, on the tent there and watching that performance, I got the distinct feeling that everyone on that stage was having a great time and enjoying yeah. what they were doing and giving it a hundred and twenty percent of what yeah. they could give. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the the takeaway when I said, and they have a seven o'clock performance was, <laughs> how could they? What more do they have? I mean, do they have masseuses backstage? I mean, how do, do they have hot tubs? What? We do have um, <laughs> physio. We were lucky enough to have um, catch and physio volunteering oh, backstage for us, helping out the dancers. But yeah, it, it is. It's so exhausting on the bodies. Yes. Double show days are incredibly draining for. Yes. The dancers and myself. <laughs> Especially when you have double show days on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yes, exactly. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. But, you know, they they just keep, the joy is what fuels them through it. And, you know, every time I, before they go on stage, I, I pop in their dressing rooms and I say, hey, have fun. Have the most fun on stage. You know, I give them hugs. I tell them all they're wonderful and to to just give them that sparkle and, and that joy before they go on because that reads so clearly to the audience and that's what it's all about. It's it's a production of joy and we're joy makers as artists. And, Absolutely. You know, it's it's one of the greatest feelings in the world and and you want them to be able to harness that. Yes, some some shows there will be things that happen. Some shows there will be accidents the one that you came i think i was running around like a chicken with my head cut off backstage because there were some things going on backstage that we didn't realize you were very composed though when we spoke but i could tell that your your plate was full 
Yes, plate was very, very <laughs> full during that one. So, you know, there's going to be things that go on. There's going to be mistakes that happen. But, you know, if the last thing I say to the dancers before they go on is have fun and you're all so wonderful and beautiful, you can just see that turns on a little spark behind Absolutely. their eyes and they feel ready to to go out there. So that's... And the that's challenges the are just what we face. So that's part of it. Uh, yeah. You know, a long time ago, someone taught me uh, when I was very young, uh, if you make a mistake, you don't go oh, and, and and try to do it over. He, in fact, the, the story was, I was four years old and the director said, now, and this is a funny story, uh, and I've taught it in class. Uh, now, Virginia, if you're underwear falls off just walk out of it like it's supposed to happen if you go everybody will know it's a mistake but if you just walk Mm -hmm. out of it they'll just think it's part of the performance they're not sitting there with the script so it's kind of a euphemism for whatever happens somebody drops a line or a dancer you know act like it was supposed to happen like it was supposed to be there because nobody is sitting there with the script going they made a mistake and you know the worst thing you can feel is when you know you've made the mistake so why compound it so, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have this theory called, well, I preach wrong and strong. Okay. <laughs> like when you get out there, if you're going to do it, if it's something happens and it's going to be wrong, at least make it strong so right. the audience <laughs> doesn't read it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. They're not going to know. And never, so, you know, never, never, no. you know, unless that was a reaction you were supposed to have that's in the script, you know, you just let it go. Exactly. I mean, it's hard. Exactly. That's a discipline in itself is letting mm-hmm. it go because, I mean, as humans, we just want to be mortified. Oh, well, even things like headpieces falling off or like, you know, there's there's been different things that go on on stage when we, you know, had the audience that, you know, oh, someone's headpiece fell off. We need to find a way to clear the stage so no one trips on it in the next section. So oh, how, yes, right. how people improvise. And, you know, a few times I had dancers come off after the dress rehearsals especially the young ones in, in tears being like, I messed up, I'm going to be in trouble right. or I, I can't believe I did that. And I, I just look at them and I'm like, this is new for you. And it's also part of the, the excitement of live theater absolutely, and live performance. So, you know, how we problem solve and figure these things out on the fly, that's, that's part of the job too. And, and we do, have to find professional ways even for all of the members of the cast to kind of oh I dropped my headpiece it didn't make it on okay I'm going to gently pick it up at the end make sure no one trips on it or oh I saw that dancer drop their headpiece okay let me just I'm running by it so when I run by I'm going to gently curtsy down and pick it up you know different things like that so yeah and 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 sort of uh what's that word um not extemporaneous, but you know what I'm saying. Improvise. Yes. Improvise. Yes. Like, oh yeah, you know that sword was supposed to come flying across the stage, but I caught it. <laughs> or, or you know, you pick it up and say, now it's mine. You know, or yep. you know something. Uh, if it, I don't think really the audience, you know, if there's a mistake, and maybe everybody yeah. else knows, but the the idea is, and that's what acting's about, and theater's yeah. about is, you know, you make it part of it. You, you don't show. Uh, you, you don't show that side of you. Um, I have a question, and this came up, and I'll, I'll just say from my own personal experience, my uh, I have 
I have seen the nut I have not seen this production of the Nutcracker and again we went on that two year you know uh big sleep we'll call it the covid yeah. you know sleep um so this was my first time seeing it in Halifax in this production uh and I have seen it many times in my lifetime my own children performed in it and correct me if I'm wrong but isn't this a little bit of a different adaptation because the opening scene I was used to was the big party and all the adults and yeah. uh Drossenheimer I think is comes and gives her the nutcracker yeah. is it yeah. yeah so where does this add is this a is this a local adaptation or is this just a version that was taken as the adaptation this is a, a local adaptation okay. so the whole team worked together at creating, you know, there's elements of Nutcracker that are, are, you know, classic Nutcracker. The right. music never changes. All right. of these the music things. doesn't so, change, right. But with that said, we created this version based on um, Clara being an orphan at a dormitory and all of her friends are going away to their families for the holidays and, you know, Clara's staying home and we'll celebrate the holidays at the dormitory. So all of the gifts that are given in act one, we still have uh, Drosselmeyer, Sophia and Lottie Drosselmeyer are the, the two adults right. that you see right. in that first scene. Right. So we, right. we, we play on those, those right. ideas a little bit, but the gifts that the girls are are giving Clara in that first scene, then go on to become the same gifts in Act Two. In Act Two, so, when it comes, which alive. becomes yeah. a dream. So it's right. she then goes into this dream world where the mice come up and everyone in the dorm is then now coming to life. So whether that's the bully becoming the mouse queen or whether that's you know. The, the messy girl becoming the candy cane, uh, shepherdesses, you know, different things like that. The blue flower, same girl who gave her the blue flower in Dorm. Act one, yes. Then became the blue flower in, act two, in right. Waltz of the Flowers. Right. So that's kind of how Lisa and the team created the storyline. We actually have a book uh which is really, really beautiful and designed by one of the past cast members as well. Um, that tells our specific Nutcracker story because it, it is, it is unique. It is unique. And uh, I kept thinking, well, you know, uh, which adaptation was this? And I never, until I asked you that question, never uh, fathomed that it was a local uh, adaptation. Yeah. And that's what makes it unique. That's what makes it great. My gosh, there's a story just on that or on the book, oh. as you said, and you know that's something to think about. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you why I liked it and why I was so drawn to it, uh, because it focused on the kids. So many of the adaptations, including, and I'll throw my when my daughters were in it, I, I was disappointed because their time on stage, even though they spent the same equal amount of time in rehearsal, same equal amount of time yeah. in dress rehearsal hours. Uh, yeah. You know, same equal time during the production and during the performances, but their time on stage was limited to 
depending yeah. on age, you know, anywhere from yeah. 90 seconds to three minutes. And it was all yeah. about the adults. It was all about the party. And, you know, yeah. as parents sitting in, in the audience, uh, you know, you want to see your kids, you know, yeah. ahead with the adults. All right. So yeah. I really, I mean, not really, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. What I liked about this is that so much of the focus was on the, the kids, yeah. Uh, having that dormitory scene and it really made sense and was very cohesive into the story which led into act two which was a little bit more mainstream yeah. uh, to the you know original but yeah. um i liked the segue and then how it then it segued back to the you know to the dorm yeah. um yeah i thought it was really a brilliant performance i i, I just loved it i could have sat through it again <laughs> You know what it's and it sells out every year like we are always fathomed by how many people expect to see the nutcracker here in halifax during their holiday traditions like yes. so many families have that you know no one in the family dances but you know grandma takes us all out to right. the nutcracker i, I saw many year. of those in the audience oh yeah the or, generations you know, yeah alumni who are coming back and just want to come backstage and like feel that bustle of the backstage space again you know we have there's it sells out we we fill audiences because people just love the story and it just brings them such joy around this time of year and and that's really what we need that's what the holiday and the show is about absolutely right? so. especially during these difficult trying times i think for every generation yeah. We're feeling the impact of 21st century life, yeah. Uh, you know, including going through COVID and and you know whatever else is on the horizon and the environment and all the other concerns. You know, you think yeah. young people are not affected by it, but they hear it and they're no. absorbing it. And they're what was absorbed. what was really nice, what I observed of the audience was it was multi generational, and you had a lot of young children in there, which yeah. were just wonderfully behaved in watching something like this. Yeah. And so many of them were dressed in character, and I um, thought so, so saw uh, several adults as well uh, dressed yeah. to the nines, like you know, as if oh, they yeah. were going to a premiere in Hollywood or yeah. or on the red carpet somewhere. And yeah. it, it was you know the gold shoes and the little tiaras, and and then they had their Nutcrackers or or the raggedy. You know, it was just it, it yeah. was it was a wonderful experience. And oh yeah, you got to be so proud. I, I am very proud of the dancers and I'm very, I'm, I'm very proud of all of it. I'm proud of my work. Um, Thank you for saying that. I was going to say, you have to be proud of your work. I, I mean, I am, you have to I be am. sitting here after all, what was it? Uh, eight, nine, ten? How many performances? Because there was... Ten. Yeah, ten performances and some yeah. more than one in a day. Yeah. Uh, and you lived through it. And yeah. You, I... I'm really yeah. proud of the the full circle moment that I had with the production. You know, I met Lisa and so many of my friends from Nutcracker. Like, I didn't know anyone really going into the audition other than one of my other dance friends. But I, when I got in in 2009 for the first time, I was surprised. I didn't expect it. And then I met Lisa. And well, then you studied she with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I studied uh -huh. for her with her after that for many years, and I I started taking ballet with her, um, and I did the production until I graduated high school. I came back. I teach for her now. Oh, um, wonderful! That's the studio I work with. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in Dartmouth, is it? It is in Dartmouth. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then to be able, you know, Lisa is, is just as much family as anyone for me. Like I make jokes being like, Oh, you're my second mom, you know, like she's, she's around, we're around each other so much. And, you know, to be able to come on and support the production, support her, support the kids in this way was really fulfilling for me. And I, I try to model behavior for my students that allows, that shows them that they're allowed to be proud of the work that they did. And they're allowed to be, and you know, sometimes don't, don't be braggy or don't be this or don't be that. But I really do think that we're then modeling that behavior for all of the people who are watching us, all of the students and young ones who are watching us. So I do try to, to say humbly, thank you. And I, and it is with much gratitude that I am proud for the work on this production, because it is, I know how full circle it is for me. I know that all of the things that it's brought into my life and all of the inspiration it's brought into my life. So if I can give, at least even the smallest amount of that back, then I've succeeded. You're a very generous person. A lot of times when people achieve the skill level that you have in dancing, uh, they tend to be a little proprietorial about it and they don't want to share. And I, maybe that's old way of thinking or maybe former way of thinking, not to say it was right or wrong, But the new evolving way is to do what you're doing. You know, you've got the skill, you've got the pedigree. I mean, you you studied at the Capizio Center in New York. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and, and, you know, you're well versatile as far as with your skill level. And so the fact that you, are you a Capricorn, by the way? (laughs) I'm not, but both of my parents are. Both my mom and my dad are. Okay. And I'm I'm actually a Leo. You can't a see Leo. It, a giant Leo tattoo. Okay. On me. <laughs> All right. That's good. But that's a sh- very strong character. And having yeah. uh, parents that were Capricorns, what a nice mix in the house. So you yes. you get a good uh, good value background, huh? I do. And I so do. I could see why. Uh, number one, you don't like to take no for an answer, <laughs> or don't feel like you have limits. And the yep. other part is your your generous way of giving back. Because again, um, I don't know if in today's day and age that seems to be the norm but I would say maybe that's a step apart uh I think that again most performers either feel proprietorial toward their skill or their roles and they don't want to share that or they it's just not within their DNA to to want to uh and that's okay yeah I mean everyone is an individual and everyone has their story and their and their path um but you know I have my own mental health struggles that I've gone through. And a lot of the work that I create comes from, and the reason I got my psych degree was to kind of integrate how I can storytell my stories, other people's stories surrounding mental health in art. And how can I, how can I make other people feel seen or be able to kind of release some of my own storyline through that and that's one of the most important things for me is is really being able to have other people feel seen and and to share through through art and through dance and through movement because it is such a universal thing but so many of us have 
you know, they have, everyone has their own individual path and their own research that they want to do and the own work that they're interested in creating and performing, but making sure everyone feels seen and supported and, and showing up and, and just having that positive empathy in the space. I just, I know that that works for me. So if it works for me, maybe it will work for someone else. And that connectivity as well, that that sense of purpose and then, you know, nobody bullying anyone else. And the spotlight is for everyone, not just for one particular person. And I think that's important. And, uh, you know, how fortunate that they have you to do this. I have to ask, will you be coming back to do the performances next year? Yes. So this is the question (laughs) <laughs> sorry right we can no, cut that if you okay. want you're if not you... the only one asking <laughs> okay well you, you don't have to announce it on here <laughs> if you don't no, want no. to I, I keep saying to the kids I don't know what my role is going to be next year um only because I am a dancer first so if I if I have contracts if I have you know I have an audition for a piece tomorrow um and that would be next December and that's with a choreographer that I love and respect greatly so you know it will depend on what my schedule is but I do know that I will be involved in some capacity because I I want to be able to share this joy again and I want to be able to connect with these kids again and and be able to create that same magic so well, that's where your heart is, Anastasia. You, yeah. you, you know, your 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 roots are there as a performer yeah. yourself, yeah. and then to have brought it, you know, full tilt and full circle. Yeah, yeah I uh, I I can't see you being completely divorced from the production, mm-hmm. but no. as a performer. Uh, And someone older than you, and I'm sure your mom would tell you the same thing. You have to sometimes put yourself first because your career, your skills, your your uh, professional development is equally important to what you can give as what you can get. So if you don't nurture that in yourself and you don't develop, then you don't have anything to give back at some point. Actually, our, the person who was helping me backstage, uh, Gabby Katchen, she, one of the kids asked her too if she'd be back and she told us the story after she came over to me and she was like, I just told them, I don't know because if I have a dance contract, you know, I have to leave, live my dream as much as you have the right to live your dream. And I would be setting a bad example if oh, absolutely. I didn't live my dream. So, and, and I know the kids, they're bit, it's bittersweet for them if we aren't able to come back, but they, they do understand when we frame it like that, because we, that's, that's how you set the example that they can do anything that they put their minds to is by showing them. And it validates you- their narrative. I exactly. worked with Anastasia Weeb. She's now doing this and that. Yeah. And, it, you know, other than yeah. I saw her, I mean, not disparaging, you know, we were no. talking about Tim Hortons and coffee <laughs> servers, but that would probably not be as attractive for them to talk about as saying what you're doing in the industry, in your profession. Yeah. And especially yeah. when you come back and work with them again, it's like it gives them, you know, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. You have to nurture yourself. So you do. Yeah. And I, and, and that's the connection that I build with them. It's not, you know, I, I work in other fields as well. I work as a child and youth care worker on top of all of this. And I am trying to get my honors in psych. So like I, I have a lot on the go outside of the dance industry and, you know, we don't, I don't chat with them about that 
much. I do bring skills from those positions into my work, but the way I connect with them is dance. So I want to show them that whatever their dreams are that are possible to, to really share that and, and, and be able to show them that if you want it, you can have it. You got to work for it, but you can have it and you can be proud of it. Oh, my landlord's just turned on a vacuum. Okay. Well, on that note, I was going to ask you to wrap it up with words of wisdom, but you already covered it. Uh, I think that's a good note to, to end on. Is there anything you'd like to uh, offer or say in closing or, or uh, wrapping it up? Just, just thank you for the opportunity to chat. It was really lovely to have this, this conversation with you. And Absolutely. Um, I, um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, to be here and share just a little bit of my story and the Nutcracker story. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, be able to come see us again next year. I am, you know, I, I was thinking and we'd already discussed that this is going to be our annual family tradition. Uh, I've already recruited the rest of the kids. In fact, I have a four-year-old grandson and I told his, my daughter, I was like, next year Phoenix is going to see the Nutcracker. There were children and they have little booster seats. So uh, so it was wonderful, Anastasia, uh, speaking with you and uh, enjoying the fruits of your very, very very hard work uh, with the production of the Nutcracker. Uh, I will say they were lucky to have you. We were lucky to have you and to have you part of this to give us such a beautiful performance. Uh, major kudos. Uh, you have, you know, you have my blessings for just a well-deserved rest. And Thank before you. you go on to that edition, you know, you know all the rules, you, you know, um, yep. maybe get a manager to, to, to keep people away from you so I that, so that you can rest and get a little peace of mind. But good luck to you on your on your uh, new ventures. And hopefully Thank you will you. circle back around and work with us again and, and as part of the Nutcracker. Uh, yes. Have wonderful, happy holidays. And here's happy to luck. a better 2023 year for us all. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I have I have good feelings about 2023. I do too. I have, or my, hope. My gut telling me it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I don't know why, but I listen to my gut, so. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think we're due for it. So, yes. or at least a little calm. Anyway, thank you and uh, good luck to you and we will be talking with you again. This is Anastasia uh, and we have been chatting with her and having uh, just a wonderful time talking about her involvement with the production, The Nutcracker, which was at the Rebecca Cohn Auditorium. Thank you so much for your work and for Island Waves and Inside the 46th Parallel. This is Virginia Winter. Have a good one. You've been listening to Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. <laughs>